on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We're less than an hour away from kickoff, guys, and we got the Celtics and Cavs tipping off in 20 minutes. I actually like that the NBA does this now, where you've got kind of you got teams playing each other. It's almost like a mini baseball series. Mm-hmm. You do like that? I, kinda, I do. I kind of feel like every day is the same day already, and this well, just kind of makes it that much that is, worse. Yeah. I feel well, like I Bill Murray and Groundhog. You know what I mean? At <laughs> least you have a recent sample size of how teams looked in against each other. You know? Yeah. It kind of gives you something where I... But this... Like, I kind of want to take Boston, but I don't know. I'm like, oh, revenge game for the Cavs. But Eight and a half. Yeah. And I almost took the Cavs the other night. Remember, they covered. They did. Uh, They lost by six, I want to say. I could easily look that up, but I'm not going to. Uh, So, yeah, I kind of want to take Boston again here, but I'm just going to stay away. Sticking with the Bulls tonight. Only the Bulls. Only the Bulls. (laughs) Only the Chicago Bulls. You tell yourself that now, but when are you going to live bet something? Well, uh, tons of NFL. Right. No, Angel there's going to be an NBA. Passing yards. We there's got Quentin gonna... <laughs> Johnston stuff. God, who we would have thought Renfro we'd be sitting stuff. here? Ugh. We got a lot. We'd be. Uh, we're talking Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. James Coe, Reception Perception Podcast jumps on with us, and yes, that is the matchup tonight, my friend. I can neither confirm nor deny that we're drinking during the show and mainly during this game, so we can get through it. I, I there's still things on the prop market. There's maybe some advantages if somebody needs you know, somebody to step in last minute in fantasy. What are you looking at that's a positive for this matchup tonight? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't get excited about this matchup? I mean, come on. It's, uh, this is good stuff here. No, but, um, I, I mean, obviously, Josh Jacobs, a late scratch here. Uh, so, Zamir White, his props are going crazy right now. They're popping off, right? Uh, Zamir over 61.5 rushing yards at minus 120. I'll go ahead and take it because the Chargers, um, well, let's be real. Their defense is not very good. And, um, and quite frankly, man, I just feel like they're, the vibes are all wrong. You know what I mean? They've completely given up, it feels like, on the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Zamir White, who is a pretty good athlete, pops off a couple of big runs here uh, in top 61 and a half. What about the wide receivers? Like, do you what do you do you trust Hunter Renfro a little bit more for the Raiders now with Aiden O'Connell? The last couple games, you know, he's not going off, but he's at least going over the two and a half receptions where he's priced tonight. And then you have Devontae coming back, but he's been dealing with a little bit of an illness. Who would you trust if you had to do something in the game? You know, probably the best move tonight would be um, maybe tell your wife, like, hey, let's do our Christmas shopping. And then she thinks you're the good guy because you're skipping football because we got the good games coming up on Saturday. But if you had to do something with the Raiders wide receivers tonight, who would you look at? You know, it's funny you bring up Hunter Renfro. I actually have a marked down as an under here today of 23 and a half receiving yards, uh, mostly because the Chargers have been really good against the slot, man. Uh, they are top 10 in terms of yards, receptions, and completion percentage allowed to the uh, wide receivers in the slot where, where teams are really attacking them is on the outside, and they've been kind of sort of generous there. So I kind of like, uh, I do like Devontae Adams uh, and Jacoby Myers uh, both in this one. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, it feels a little gross, but I kind of sneaky like Quentin Johnson in this Oh, one. I was yes. going to ask Over you about this. So do we. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Again, I know it feels gross because, I mean, my dude could, like, you know, pop off or he could absolutely drop one. Um, he's probably going to drop one. Let's be real here. But 31 and a half, it's such a small line. No Keenan Allen in this one. And by the way, Vegas thinks that he's catching three at a minimum. We're talking about Quentin Johnston, right? Because it's minus 140 on two and a half receptions, right? So when you think about that, you're thinking, okay, Vegas is thinking this guy's going to catch three balls at a minimum. When you factor in 31 and a half, 
you know, he's probably going to catch somewhere around 10 to 11 yards per catch there. And I think he gets the over here. Raiders have been super shaky on the outside. They're below average uh, across the board in terms of yards, receptions, and completion percentage allowed to outside wide receivers. I took that prop. I also drafted that bum. I dropped him by week five. <laughs> and I still I still feel he is a bum. I also drafted Michael Mayer. He has also been dropped. I want to get your thoughts, though, on Austin Eckler. He just doesn't look the same in the running game, really, at all. Right. I don't know if he's he's washed. I know that uh, your buddy Harmon does something with him. Some people call it the podcasting curse. Uh, do you like him, though, for the receptions <laughs> made prop? Uh, I think it's four and a oh, half, man. minus 110, juiced actually to the under minus 120. Yeah, uh, uh, try chains. You and I are on the same wavelength here because I'm not looking at his rushing props. Okay, I am looking at his receiving props, and I like the receptions total, and I like over 28 and a half receiving yards as well. Raiders bottom three in both receptions and yards allowed to running back. Again, no Keenan Allen. What does that mean when we're talking about the short to intermediate area of the field? That's where Austin Eckler is going to live, right? So um, I think a huge target share is available. I think Austin Eckler, and let's be real, uh, Easton Stick would be very smart to get it out to his playmakers. And right now with no Keenan Allen, who are his playmakers? He's got no one out there. He's got to feed Austin Eckler, has to do it out of the passing game. And I think he's going to, I think he easily gets to, to five receptions and easily, um, you know, again, banks 28 and a half. Oh, that's for me. It's just lock it up, lock that up 28 and a half. I love that one for Eckler. <laughs> Talking to James Coe, bet MGM tonight. Uh, this past week, we had Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito as the AFC and NFC Offensive Players of the Week, which I had to read that three times. I had to check the date. I had to figure out whether it was like the onion. Is the onion still a thing? I think they're a thing. I, I couldn't believe it. So you, this weekend, you got the Jets at the Dolphins. You got the Giants at the Saints. Which quarterback? You have to choose one here. Which quarterback would you rather start this weekend? Which is essentially saying, who's going to continue to ride from what they did last week? I know it's hard. These are your only choices right now. What would you do, Zach Wilson or Tommy DeVito? If I had to pick, I'm probably picking Zach Wilson right now. I think Miami's a little bit more generous uh, in the past defense there. Um, I look at Tommy DeVito, and, and yeah, he won, and he was throwing some dimes here and there, but for the most part... Forget about the storylines here for a second. Brian Dable is still playing this game and still calling the game like he doesn't trust Tommy DeVito at times, right? They're running the ball a lot, and where Tommy DeVito I thought was really successful was actually scrambling out of the pocket and creating plays with his legs. Uh, To me, when he's taking on a New Orleans pass defense that can, A, get after the quarterback, and B, is really tough on outside wide receivers, man, um, to me, that's a recipe for disaster. I think that DeVito actually comes crashing back down to earth this week. So obviously a big week for some with the fantasy playoffs beginning. And if you have Justin Jefferson, you know, you have Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins, big game coming up on Saturday, and you have two backup quarterbacks going. And also Justin Jefferson dealing with a chest injury, says he wants to give it a go. Do you trust Justin Jefferson in this matchup against Cincinnati, you know, dealing with that injury? I feel like if you have him on the roster, you almost have to play him. But what are you doing with uh, that game in particular with all those skill position players? 
Yeah, you hit it right on the head. If you've got Justin Jefferson, I think you almost feel like you're priced in, right? Um, it's a great matchup as well. Ever since Cam Taylor-Britt got banged up and he's just kind of been in and out of the lineup with injuries here, I think that secondary has not been very good at all. Cincinnati, as a matter of fact, has um, is bottom 12 when we're talking about fantasy points allowed to outside wide receivers. We just saw them in week 14 give up a huge line to Michael Pittman, 11 targets, 8 grabs for 95 yards. Uh, and again, you know, players up and down their um, their schedule have really posted big numbers. We're talking about outside wide receivers. I think Jefferson in this one has a pretty good chance. You love Jordan Addison in this one, regardless of what happens with Justin Jefferson. Um, and overall, I think just the, the, the secondary play has not been very good. Uh, for Cincinnati a little bit tougher on the inside versus the the outside and I do have KJ Osborne marked down as a deep sleeper actually in this ball game as well interesting we know the commanders we've said it said it every week commanders are a slump buster mm -hmm. passing game they get busy uh, who are your favorite players uh, on the Rams this weekend Ah, you got to love their wide receivers. I mean, again, if you're putting together a DFS roster or even if you're looking at the prop bet market here, I'll go ahead and smash Cooper Cup. I'll smash Puka Nakua. Um, and, and not for nothing, Matt Stafford, for whatever reason, he looks like he is just on one right now. I love the way Matt Stafford has played over the last three weeks, man. He's looked incredible. Uh, let's, let's see if he can keep that hot streak alive. And I think he does. I think he will. And I do think that Sam Howell, what's important in all this is that Washington has to keep up, right? If they start getting blown out, I think L.A. takes a little bit of, uh, of their foot off the gas a little bit. So can Washington keep up? I think they do. You know, the Rams, again, uh, kind of a no-name secondary there for, for L.A. And, and I think Sam Howell has proven himself to be um, a little bit of a gunslinger. I was trying to find a euphemistic word for that. But, yeah, he's not scared to throw the ball, man. So uh, I think they're going to sling it all around the yard. Eric Bieniemy and the boys, uh, I think, will, will, will not be scared to throw uh, against this Ram secondary. Oh, that's my quarterback right there for my commanders. My quarterback, Sam Howell, James. He may not be the yes. future, but he's the present, and it makes these losses more fun. Although I'm rooting for losses because better draft picks are always, always a good thing. Uh, speaking of losses, Chiefs have had a couple losses in a row now, but obviously the bigger thing is what went on after. And, like, I don't know how you viewed that. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since the whole Patrick Mahomes going off and then kind of backing off of it the next day and everything. Like, to me, I saw a guy that was more than just frustrated with one call. I saw frustrated with his wide receivers. I saw a guy that's been frustrated with officiating, too, because there was a missed pass interference last week. Do you think... And is there, I don't know, there's really not a way to gauge this because it's kind of just like the human element here, but I think about these things sometimes. Like, is there a scenario here where, like, Mahomes goes to Kadarius Tony more in that game, targets him more, trying to, like, like, how does he maybe respond? Is there anything that you could look at with these receivers in that game, whether it's props or otherwise, and say, because this happened last week, maybe it'll be a bounce-back game for them against a really bad Patriots team? You guys know me. I love narratives, but this narrative of Kadarius Tony bouncing back—that's that's a step too far. That's a bridge I'm yeah. not willing to cross. Because Kadarius—it's <laughs> probably smart to not cross football. that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kadarius Tony can't play football, man. He's a gadget player at best. He's not a big boy route runner. All right. So when we start talking about narratives and bounce backs and all, like I look for a guy who can play. Okay. That's why I love Mike Evans in a bounce back week this week. But man, I'm telling you, Kadarius Tony, he's a gadget guy. He just, 
the way they utilize him is as a gadget guy as well. I think Andy Reid figured out, like, all right, um, we got to get this guy in space, but he can't run a, a simple dig. This guy can't run a corner route, right? He can't run a post. Like, you just can't do these things with him, right? So when, when I take a look at the New England secondary, too, um, I really like Rasheed Rice in this game. Uh, there, look, Bill Belichick's going to do whatever he can uh, to stop Travis Kelsey, and the focus will be there. So who's going to be available? I think the guy that will be available will be Rasheed Rice, who, by the way, has seen double-digit targets in two of his last three games. This one, um, you know, this is going to be kind of ugly if he can't be, if he's not 100%. But DJ Moore popped back up on the injury report today, and he's dealing with an ankle injury. And uh, you look at this matchup against the Browns defense. If you have DJ Moore, is there anybody else maybe you could, like, handcuff or anybody else that you would trust if you're playing player props for the Chicago Bears right now other than, like, Cole Komet uh, in this matchup against the Browns? I seemingly put Darnell Mooney as a sleeper every single week, and every single week he does not come through. So <laughs> yeah, same. I am going to go ahead and just put a pin on that. I'm going to retire that and say, all right, Darnell Mooney's not going to come through. I'm going to stop writing about Darnell Mooney. Um, and it's weird, too, because I just have this weird you know, affinity for, for Darnell Mooney because – I think at times he has shown that he can actually play, but the role that they have him in as this de facto slot receiver, I don't think that's good for him. He'd probably be better off as an outside flanker, uh, but they just don't have him playing in that spot. So I think he's uncomfortable. I think he's shown that, and it's just not really working out there. Uh, in terms of like a wide receiver handcuff there in Chicago, I'd probably just avoid, you know. I like Fields. Yeah. I think he's going to be fine. But we like Fields. Why? It's not because so much of the passing. You know, when he passes, he throws it to DJ Moore. But we love him in fantasy because he runs it. You know what I mean? So uh, I still like him in that situation regardless if DJ Moore uh, plays or not. Jets, Dolphins. Jets, top three defense. They're getting after the quarterback, Tyreek Hill. Not really 100%. We know he sprained his ankle there. What do you do with Tyreek Hill props and, and Tua props? Because this Jets defense is for real. And without Tyreek 100%, I'm a little concerned. Uh, I'm very concerned. I mean, did did Tyreek Hill not make a, a stronger MVP case in that particular ball game? He's in there. They're moving the ball around with just fluidity. He leaves the game, and the offense tanks. Then he comes back in. All of a sudden, hot knife through butter. They're moving the ball easily. Then he sits out. They can't get the ball past the dang 50-yard line, man. This It's it's funny to me when we start talking about Tua as a potential MVP. Doug, Tua's not the most valuable player on his team. He's not even the most valuable player on his team. Okay, I think Tyreek needs some MVP considerations. He's not going to get it. I'm just saying he needs to be uh, somewhere in that conversation. But you're right, uh, Trista. Look, the Jets are the real deal, especially on outside wide receivers. They are the only team the last eight weeks that have not allowed a single touchdown to an outside wide receiver. And you're going to say, well, wow. wait a second. Didn't Tyreek score on them? Yes, he did, but he was out of the backfield when he caught that touchdown lined up outside these guys shut you down um and so yeah waddle i'm worried about tyree kill with the ankle injury i'm worried about as well man it's if there was ever a year for somebody that wasn't a quarterback to win mvp it should be this year but we know in the end james it's just not going to be the way that it is james <laughs> co reception perception podcast i said it once i'll say it again i always respect somebody that takes their backdrop seriously on their it's a good looking setup. backdrop james i wish more people followed your lead and weren't slobs my friend it looks fantastic as it always does see you buddy all right thanks guys yeah i mean tire it, 
I, Gotta do unders, I guess. Tyree, yeah. I, God, I can't Stay take away. it. I can't, I can't take it under with Tyreek. It's, it's too scary. I'm not brave enough to do it. I'm not brave enough. Yeah. It's bad MGM the night.